Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time. Hello, friends. We are the dueling club, and I'm Al. And I'm Jen. And today is Saturday. Yes, it is. Today is Saturday, the first Saturday in 2021. Happy New Year, everybody! Happy New Year. Yay! 2020 was not wonderful for a lot of people. So we're hoping that 2021 is better for everyone. I'm I'm proud, again, of everyone. You know. You survived. Yes. Good job. You get a badge. The government really should send out a badge. Like, congratulations, you survived 2020. Like. Yeah, but, like, that would be in poor taste. It really would be. <laughs> but knowing this administration, I mean, we're not going to get political. No. Nope. Today. No. Nope. Right now. Maybe. Anyway, so what's been going on with you? Nothing. I know. I saw you for like two minutes yesterday. Yep. But what else is going on in your life? Nothing, really. I'm just existing and making plans. What plans are you making? I'll talk about it. There's secret plans. <laughs> okay, there's secret plans. Gosh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Weirdo. Um, yeah, so what is going on with me is that I'm back to eating better. I kind of let People, that go to the wayside. Ho- the holidays makes it impossible to eat better. Not impossible, but very difficult. No, yes. because everyone is like, oh my God, you want to come over and have this? You want to have that? And then like you're busy with work and stuff. And like our work is very busy towards the end of the year. Yes. Middle and end and beginning. Oh, God, this never... All of December. God, I hate it. <laughs> um, I you do ha- realize that your boss sometimes I don't. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's just difficult. It's difficult and overwhelming and makes me want... To talk about how we would like you to like, follow, and subscribe. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. A or- lot of things went through my head. Like, <laughs> yes, which one I do know. I land? It was like a wheel. <laughs> I know. I saw. So that's why I'm taking this one over. One section was like drink. One section no. was like... <laughs> no, no, no. So we're on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Like, follow, subscribe. Comment on stuff if you want. Post stuff on Facebook. We love you. Go for it. If you message us, I'll, I'll message you back. Um, where you can listen to us on any podcasting site or service, we're hosted on Podbean. But go for it if you want Spotify or or Podbean or Castbox or Apple, like iTunes. Go for it. We're there. Yep. Yay! I saved you. Yeah, just in case yes. anyone who's at our job listens. Yes, I like the people I work with. Closely. And, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that will keep that, you at a place mm-hmm. longer than it, pretty much anything else. Yep. I like my boss. I like my coworkers. I don't dislike the customers. <laughs> Moving on. That's where it ends. Moving on. Um, so, eating better. Mm-hmm. Um, we are. We got a new rug for our living room. Mm-hmm. Um, we cleaned up quite a bit. 
So we're going to, once we get like, we want to get a bookcase and other things to make it look more like our place. And I have, we have to get a full set of plates because we only have service for four. So if we have anybody come over, only four of y'all are eating. I mean, two, because yeah. it's me and him. Mm-hmm. So I'm the same upstairs, but like that's. But kind you're of you're a single dude yeah. living by yourself. Mm. We're a couple. Technically, it's your own place. You can lock it. Nobody will bother you. Yes. We're a couple who want to have people over. Yes. And by people over, we mean a responsible number of people. Nothing weird. Nothing where the the local government has to get involved and be like, "Why do you have this many people in your house?" Okay. Yeah. Um. So that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, like, life doesn't change drastically very often, so the updates are... They're, they're just, here's what's happening. I'm also doing a minimal, it's kind of like a minimal spend January, but it's a no spend January on non-essential things. So... For example, I can go grocery shopping, obviously. Mm-hmm. This was from last time I was here that we I never ate it. Your protein cookie thing. Yeah, my protein cookie. These are part of my grocery shopping all the time because mm-hmm. it's just a treat that I give myself. Mm-hmm. So, And the coffee I buy for mom, I consider extraneous because it's for her. Mm-hmm. It's not for me. Yep. So any of the things that I've gotten so far this year, and that was all I got this year, so not this. Not the protein cookie, but the um, the chocolate hazelnut crisps from mm-hmm. Aldi that I love. Um, dark chocolate hazelnut crisp, whatever. Um, everything else has not been like I haven't gotten anything else. I refuse. So January, I'm not going to spend extra money. I'm not gonna buy food out. I'm not going to randomly support Amazon. Because they've been, they have been getting, Amazon has been getting a lot of my money. I know. Bastards. I've been told. Yeah, I need to cut it out. So that's what I should send you is an affiliate link. So when you click it and then you go and buy stuff, I get like a percentage back. Anyway. Be smart. Anyway. I made like thousands of dollars off of you. You would well, no. That would have been like hundreds. We so we bought most of our Christmas presents on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So that's what a lot of things were. It wasn't just random like nonsense. It was stuff that was needed. Anyway, you know what else is needed for us to get back to Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire? Yes, true. So we are going to talk about. Oh goodness, we're in season the four, episode. Goodness only knows. See, when, when we put it up, we'll know. Yes, when it's posted, we'll know. But right now, it's episode... <laughs> it's episode 12. 20. <laughs> yeah. Um, chapter 19, The Hungarian Horntail. That sounds ominous. You say it weird. The Hungarian Horntail. Not a uh, Hungarian <laughs> horn I want it to be mysterious. You can. You should be like more ominous than mysterious. Okay. Don't be so airy. Be like. Bum, bum, bum. 
Or do it fast. Hungarian Horntail! Ah! Yeah, there you go. See? That's what we're looking for. Okay. Moving on. I have to yell at someone. Go. Okay. After the shock of being a champion wears off, which is, you know, the Wan Wang ceremony, and, like, it kind of makes it, like, official. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, having your name pulled is kind of official. It's a magically binding contract. But, like, having Ollivander, having the officials that are the judges, having the headmasters and headmistress, it, like... Being an interview And reporters, yeah. Like, it makes it completely official, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Harry starts worrying about the first task. And it's been a fortnight, two weeks. Yes. Um, and the only thing that's comforting him is that he gets to talk to Sirius soon. Mm-hmm. It is comforting that he can uh, soon talk with Sirius. Mm-hmm. Um, he and Hermione figure out ways to clear the common room before 1 a.m., the time Sirius said he would talk to Harry a few days hence. Uh, but things become more difficult after Rita Skeeter's story about the tournament is published. Uh, we already knew that she was trouble. Yeah. We knew she was trouble back when everything happened at the Quidditch World Cup, and she basically got Arthur Weasley into trouble. Because of her lovely reporting. And Bill even called her an evil woman, Bill Weasley, the oldest Weasley child. Mm-hmm. Because she had said something about the Gringot curse breakers and said something disparaging about him. Mm-hmm. A long haired pillock. Yes. And then his mom was like, Well, your hair is getting a little long. Uh, what a mom. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, so, unfortunately, it mostly contains embarrassing and false information about Harry, including the fact that he and Hermione are in love. Okay. So, he's a teenager. He's a young teenage boy. He's like, ew, why would they say that I'm in love with my best friend? But he's actually just as mortified at the fact that it says things he can't even remember saying. Like... Sometimes I cry myself to sleep at night thinking about my dead parents. The ghosts of his past swimming in his eyes. <laughs> mm-hmm. no, and he's like, I never said that. Mm-hmm. What the actual heck is happening? Mm-hmm. So Harry hopes to reconcile with Ron during detention with Professor Snape, but the article comes out the same day, fueling Ron's belief that Harry is seeking more publicity. Well, because the article... Is basically all about Harry. Yeah. And it's the front page. It's on page two, six, and seven. And or it, seven it, and eight. And I, I think, wasn't there like one paragraph? There was a sentence <laughs> about the Durmstrang and Beaubaton champions. Completely leaving out Cedric. And their names are completely misspelled too. Mm-hmm. And Cedric isn't even mentioned. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. About the only high point is when Cho Chang stops by to wish him luck, though Harry is snappish because he mistakenly thinks she is teasing him. Yeah. He drops a quill. Mm-hmm. And she's like, sorry, you dropped something. And he's like, oh, my bad. And she's like, oh, are, are you looking forward? I hope you do okay on Tuesday with the, the whole first task. Your impression of like, Cho is very accurate. Mm-hmm. Harry is still having difficulty mastering the summoning charm, and he practices it with Hermione in the library. Curiously, and to Hermione's annoyance, Victor Crumb is frequently there, along with a clutch of girls following him about, 
hoping for an autograph. Okay. So first I want to go back to the article where they talk about Hermione being with him. Mm-hmm. And it calls her stunningly pretty. Muggle-born girl. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, the Slytherins have a field day with it because they all hate her. And Pansy Parkinson, above everybody else, is like, stunningly pretty. Are they blind? Like, what's happening? Not her. And it's like, you know, dang, can we not tear people down? I'm trying to remember. Isn't the first description of her that she's, like, pug-like? Who? Pansy Parkinson? Yes. Yeah. Something along those lines. She should probably shut her mouth. Well... There's no reason for anyone to bring anybody else down True. based on looks. Like, that's just that's just so True, 2020. But it, but Let's we, just stop. But if we flip the coin, like, don't talk. Yeah. Just don't talk. Unless you're, you're the most gorgeous person in the world. And even then, maybe you should just keep your mouth shut. Probably. Okay. Because then, um, then you're not being humble. You're just being a douche. Agreed. And Hermione actually said um, she's so annoyed that he's constantly there. She's like, he's not even good looking. They only like him because he's famous about Crumb. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't look at him twice if he couldn't do that wonky faint thing. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and Harry's like, Ronsky faint. (laughs) Through gritted teeth, it says. Mm -hmm. But since Ron is still being a jerk, Hermione's his really his only friend right now. Makes me so sad for him. <sighs> um, Hermione suggests going to the next Hogsmeade weekend. When pressed, she admits she is hoping to meet up with Ron in the three the three broomsticks. Harry flat out says no. Yep, and will only go under his invisibility cloak. I think it's to avoid people being super douchey and whatnot, confronting him and ugh. Yeah, I mean, nobody believes that he didn't enter himself. Even one of his best friends doesn't believe he didn't enter his name himself. He's after, and on top of that, you get that article by Rita Skeeter in the Daily Prophet that apparently the entire magical world subscribes to. And he can't even get a moment of peace. He's, what, 14 years old? Give him a break. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it makes sense he wants to wear the invisibility cloak. Yep. Which is precisely what is next. Hermione protests but agrees, and once in Hogsmeade, Harry is delighted he can travel without people hurling snide remarks. Hermione thinks he can remove the cloak without being bothered, but Harry points out that Rita Skeeter and her photographer just left the three broomsticks. Uh. It appears she is staying in the village. Harry suggests she is there to watch the first task. Yes. Hermione steers them into the three broomsticks, telling Harry he can avoid Ron, who is sitting with Fred, George, and Lee Jordan. Hermione brings Harry a butterbeer, then spreads her spew notes... S-P-E-W notes, sorry. Notes. Spew notes. I know, we want to say spew because that's what the letters are. Yeah. But that's a whole other kind of thing. Yep. Uh, to avoid looking silly sitting by herself. Hagrid is talking to Professor Moody. Harry waves, then realizes Hagrid can't see him. 
Moody pokes Haggard, and they both come over. So the way that it happens is Harry waves Mm -hmm. and realizes Haggard can't see him. Mm -hmm. And then Moody looks over with a look of acknowledgement. And Harry's like, oh, crud. Can he see me with that magical eye of his? Mm -hmm. So the thing is, is that technically, Harry is technically allowed to be in Hogsmeade. Yes. He has permission. He does. He just... Imagine imagine being a celebrity right now and making it so no one can see you. Yeah. I'm assuming they would love that. They would like they would die for that. Mm-hmm. Like No, oh, yeah. So it makes sense. Um Moody pokes Haggard and they both come over. Moody, whose magical eye can apparently penetrate invisibility cloaks, mutters, Nice cloak, Potter. Before leaving, Haggard so tells he Harry, leans in yeah. very closely mm-hmm. and says it to in a whisper that only Harry can hear. Yep. Yeah. Um, Hagrid tells Harry to be at his hut at midnight with his cloak. Harry does. Uh, Hagrid does the same thing. Mm-hmm. So Moody bends over to to whisper to Harry to where an invisible Harry is, and it looks like he's just bending over to look at the SPEW notes. Mm-hmm. Then Hagrid does the same thing. Making it look like he's looking at the SPEW notes to whisper only to Harry, hey, blah, blah, blah. Yes. I just want to add that detail because it's super important that nobody else hears them. Yes. Um, this is the night that Harry is meeting Sirius by the Gryffindor fireplace at 1 a.m., but he decides he can quickly visit Hagrid and be back in time. Yeah, so Hermione actually says I think to he him, struggles with it a little he bit. He does, because Hermione's like, no, send send Hedwig. And he's like, well, if I can get her to go, maybe. But she didn't hear Hagrid in, tell him to go. So she's like, you have to be here by one to talk to Sirius. And he's like, uh, I'll go real quick. I'll go real quick. It's not a, It's not a big deal. But it is a big deal. But it's not a big deal. Harry. At at midnight, Harry, cloaked, slips down to Hagrid's. Hagrid leads Harry to the Beaubaton carriage where Madame Maxine is waiting. Harry, confused, trails behind Hagrid and Madame Maxine around the Forbidden Forest edge, finally arriving at a large coral corral. Why is it going? One minute. Two hours, babe. Two hours. Yeah. Still. Okay. Anyway. It just doesn't seem right to me. My brain is like, eh. Yeah. Um, containing four full, fully grown dragons. So we find out that um, the dragons were transported from where they were at. Mm-hmm. They had been giving a sleeping draft because they thought the trainers thought that it would be better for them to wake up in a new place in the dark. It'd be less confusing. No, they're dragons. They're ornery. They're not happy to mm-hmm. be in a new place. And this is when they have to have these grown wizards, five, six, seven of them together, stun the dragons to calm them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they... I don't remember... What happened? I'm trying to think if uh, when Charlie comes over and he talks about the dragons, if he mentions the particular... Yes. That they're... Yes. So there's one of the people who's stunning them 
is not facing towards them, obviously, not facing towards Hagrid and Madame Maxime and, and a cloaked Harry, mm-hmm. because obviously he's stunning the dragon. Mm-hmm. He turns around and Harry's like, oh, I recognize this person. <laughs> it's Charlie Weasley. Yay. And Harry's excited for the first time in a while mm-hmm. because he's like, ah, somebody I recognize. Yay. Yeah. So he doesn't quite hate me right now. Yep. And it's a, when Charlie turns around and sees Hagrid and walks over, it looks like he is the one who told Hagrid to come check them out because he knows that Hagrid likes dragons. Yes. But then it's kind of like put off that Madame Maxine is there because like obviously she's going to tell her champion yeah. about and he's them. Like, he's like, well, I thought she'd like to see them because they're cool. And that's when Charlie is like, I haven't told my mom that this is what's happening. Or else she'd have a fit. She's already having kittens about the fact, and yep. I love that saying, mm-hmm. she's already having kittens about the fact that he's um, involved in this, that Harry's involved in this. And then he impersonates his mom. I thought they'd be safe. I thought there was going to be an age rule. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. And it's like, yeah, there was an age rule. Um, something happened. Something happened. And that something was very bad. Yes. We don't know who did it, but somebody confunded the the Goblet of Fire. Yeah. I mean, that Harry, who has... I mean, realistically, he has, like, a bit of training. Yeah, but he has nowhere near the experience and training he needs to be able to adequately face whatever comes this well, his way. The thing is, is that Hogwarts doesn't have... It's not like a linear progression. It's not just like... It's not, not additive. It's um, like multiplicative because after your owls are done and you go to your more specialized lessons, it becomes way harder. Yeah. So, like, the difference between, like, a fourth year and, like... Or a fifth and sixth... Is it? Owls are in the... Owls are in the fifth year. Yes. Fifth and sixth is, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, someone in their fifth year, if you, if you want to think about it in terms of U.S. school standards, somebody in their fifth year is, imagine, like, an eighth grader who's, no, no they're, they're, a college, a, a high school senior. Who's going to take their SATs to get into college? I was gonna say someone or who ACTs. is. I was gonna say someone who's a, who is a junior, and then the second that oh, you finish, you go straight to college. Yeah, and you're already in your specialized stuff. You're already in like the really difficult classes. The second you hit sixth year. Well, I was going to say it's like high school senior who's mm-hmm. taking their SATs and or ACTs and getting to go to college, mm-hmm. and then someone in their sixth year is like. About to go to grad school. Yeah, basically. Like, there's a whole lot of learning that happened in that time. Or lack thereof and then catch up and then... And he's not even there. He's in his fourth year. So he hasn't even gotten to fifth year status yet. Mm -hmm. He's like a freshman in high school at this point. Basically. Yeah. So it's it's very like... The the jump is huge. So the fact that he's so young... Means that he has had zero specialization. He doesn't know, I would say, at like a quarter or like a tenth of the the spells that Cedric would know. Yeah. And that's like a huge disadvantage. He doesn't... Oh, yeah. 
So so that's why Mrs. Weasley's like losing. That's why everyone should really be worried about him. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, he wants more fame. He can die. Yeah. He can who would I mean people would die for fame. But I don't think Harry is <laughs> shown a uh, uh, um He hasn't shown a propensity to seek out fame. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Thank you. Your words escape me. It's fine. I have a plethora of them. I got you. Mm-hmm. So after we're told of some of the dragons, I think that he talks oh, about the Welsh. So he green. talks. He talks about the different kinds of dragons: mm-hmm. Welsh green, Norwegian Ridgeback, um, the the horn. Not the Norwegian Ridgeback. That was that was. Um, no, I think there is Norberta. A... No, there's a Chinese fireball Welsh oh, green. He actually says, or maybe. So he says that there's one for each of them. I'm trying to find where it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, there it is. Hungar- Hungarian Horntail. Which is the uh, nastiest one. Yes. A common Welsh green. Mm-hmm. A Swedish short snout that is blue-gray. Yep. And a Chinese fireball that's red. I see. You're right. Because Norbert is the Norwegian. Nor- Norberta. Right now, conically, Norbert. it's Norbert. Yes. Spooner. <laughs> but not really. Um, Norbert. Yes. Is a Norwegian Ridgetail. Ridgeback. Ridgeback. Same thing. So the Hungarian Horntail is the nastiest. Yes. And it takes like 20 20 uh, stunners to like calm it down. It's the biggest. It has weapons on both ends. It has its mouth. It has a spiky tail. And we find out that part of the reason why they're even more nasty right now is because... The Ministry of Magic setting up the the Triwizard Tournament wanted them to be brooding dragons, female dragons, female dragons who are trying to nest with their eggs. Yes, I would have said nesting dragons. Well, they say brooding. I know, but but I think that nesting comes across a little more understood. But basically, they're they are, and he doesn't know why. Charlie doesn't know why they picked those. Yeah. So yeah, they're just female dragons who had just had their eggs and are yeah. trying to incubate protect and protect yeah. them. Yeah. So that that makes them like holy like three five three to twenty levels more dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. So So Harry's like, I gotta go. I gotta yeah. go because I still need to talk to Sirius and, and this is crazy. Yep, which it is. Um, on the way back to the castle, he bumps into Professor Karkarov. He in bumps into the him hard, like. Yeah. Yep. And you, and Karkarov is like, "Who's him? Who's him?" And Harry's like, "Thank goodness I have this invisibility cloak." And he stays laying on the ground, mm-hmm. not moving. And after a minute or so, Karkarov convinces himself that he must have bumped into an animal. Yes. And because it's dark in the forest, he's like. Looking around at waist height, doesn't see anything, and keeps going. Yeah. And Harry is convinced that now the only champions who aren't going to know, the only champion that isn't going to know about the dragons is Cedric. Cedric. Yep, because Hagrid Hagrid had a date. Yes, with Madame Maxime, who happens to be the headmistress of Beaubaton. Yes, and then Karkarov is on his way to the corral. 
And he's the headmaster of Dermstring. Yeah, and Harry was literally there. So Cedric doesn't know. Yeah. Everyone else knows, which is really unfair. Cedric doesn't know. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Sorry. Uh, Returning to an empty common room. I mean, kind of thanks to Hermione. Yeah. Oh, well, and luckily it doesn't smell like dung bombs, so he's happy. He's pleased, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Harry finds Sirius's head floating in the fireplace flames. So very quickly... I just want to talk about um, the difference between the CGI from this movie and which one is it? Is it Order of the Phoenix or which one? I mean, it would have to be Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. Um, when we see the different effects where it's like the actual like coals of the flame are mo- like turn into his face and move and stuff. And then one where it's actually the flames and he's like his his face is in the flames talking. I think that they got really, really lazy and didn't want to dedicate budget to animating those coals again. But that was awesome. That's the way it should have been. Well, the thing is, so we know about, uh, so what, what it is, is using flu powder. It kind of spoiler because the, the the method is mentioned later. No, it's mentioned before because it happened when Amos Diggory stuck his head in the fire to tell them that Moody, I'm saying no. the method is kind of a spoiler because that's yes. the next book, but it's not actually super important. Uh, but he's already used flu powder to get to, to using fireplaces to get around diagonally. Yes, but basically, what you do is, is that you throw flu powder and just your face in the fire, which is terrifying, by the way. Yeah, and then call out the fireplace that you're trying to communicate with, and then it'll just project your face, basically. But it's not just projecting your face; like you're actually there, yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's how Amos Diggory got a mm-hmm. slice of toast. Yeah, it's pr- it, it, earlier that it's year. not astral project uh, projecting; it's actually projecting you. It's yes. like a tunnel wormhole kind of thing. Oh my gosh, your neck must be super long at that point. Right? Like it must hurt. Anyway. What is she doing? Because I, I heard think the she clink. needs food. Okay, we'll get her food in a second then. Okay. Um, we're done with this one because we're we're talking about the dog. Kind of close. Yeah. Um, so that's how it happens. Mm-hmm. And I just I'm like upset that they. I think the correct way was supposed to be a mix of both of them. Mm-hmm. But we got the extremes, and then we got the second one is kind of like the lazier option, which is literally just green screening Gary Oldman's face in the fire. Anyway. So, Harry sees him. Yes. And I think we need to just read this. Yes. He says, um, Sirius is like, never mind, how are you? Like, Sirius, how are you doing? And he's like, never mind me, how are you? I have to read it. Um, I'm, for a second, Harry tried to say fine, but he couldn't do it. Before he could stop himself, he was talking more than he'd talked in days about how no one believed he hadn't entered the tournament on of his own free will, how Rita Skeeter had lied about him in the Daily Prophet, how he couldn't walk down a corridor without being sneered at, and about Ron, Ron not believing him, Ron's jealousy. And now Hagrid's just shown me what's coming in the first task, and it's dragon serious, and I'm a goner, he finished desperately. Oh, poor Harry. He just had to tell somebody. Because I don't think he can tell Hermione because she's just as worried as he is. It's... he. Remember his age. 
Yeah, we, he's 14. We, we can sort of deal with things that kind of come at us. You might get overwhelmed for a second, maybe for a little longer than a second, but we'll figure out, like, how to handle it. Mm-hmm. He just got shown that he has to fight a dragon. That he just saw grown wizards have to perform multiple stunning charms together to even get them subdued. Yes. He knows that dragons are no joke because in their first year with Norbert, with Hermione's help, it was still a struggle to get a caged Norbert up the castle. Yeah. And now it's a baby Norbert. Yeah. And now he has to fight a fully grown dragon that can shoot flames out of its mouth. Mm Mm-hmm. And has weapons everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that's only really the the horn tail. The other the other ones are kind of le- not as big. Yeah, but knowing Harry's luck, that's the one he'll get. And they're still dragons. <laughs> they're still dragons. We're not comparing dogs. We're not comparing like a like a pomeranian to like a German shepherd. Malam Malamute Malamut Malamute Malamute. Yeah, they're huge. We're they're talking giant. about like the difference between they're like bears. You can ride them. We're talking about like a twenty foot versus like a forty foot. Like, yeah, it's still terrifying. Yeah. I don't think someone's gonna go. You're only twenty feet long. You're not scary. <laughs> oh, you can only breathe a little bit of fire. Psh, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Easy. No. I like how you. It's like they're gonna see you. True. Anyway. Okay. So, and Sirius is, you know, eyes full of concern. He's like, look, dragons we can deal with, <laughs> but we need to talk about other stuff. Like Karkov. Okay. And we need to do it quickly because I broke into a wizarding house to use their fire. And who knows how long, how much time I have before I have to run away. And he's like, okay, what's up? He's like, Karkaroff? He was a Death Eater. Yes, and he's like, well, he was what? Yep. And it's like, he was in Azkaban with me. Yep. And then he wasn't. Because, because apparently... He, he provided names to the Ministry of Magic to, like, um, shorten his sentence. Yeah. And now those people are in Azkaban because mm-hmm. of him. And that could be why Moody is at a Hogwarts, because, because Moody is the person who caught him. Yes. And he's like, what? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Poor Harry. Sirius contradicts Cedar's article about Moody, which had suggested that events had been overstated. Sirius suspects the attack at his house had happened and was intended to scare him away from taking the job. Well, yeah, because it happened the day before he was supposed to show up at Hogwarts. And Hogwarts is in charge of, or the host of the Triwizard Tournament. And Igor Karkaroff was going to be at Hogwarts because of the Triwizard Tournament. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's the headmaster of a school where he's teaching all of his students the dark arts. Mm-hmm. So just because just because you are paranoid that somebody's out to get you doesn't mean that somebody's not out to get you. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and also, Sirius mentions Bertha Jorkins, which we haven't talked about in a couple of chapters, actually. No, and Harry's like... He, Sirius actually says... And that missing person from the Ministry of Magic. And Harry's like, oh, you mean Bertha Jorkins? Yeah, she's been missing for her over a month now. Bah, 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 bah. Who, who is it that I'm trying to remember was like, oh, 
she has like a steel trap or whatever. She just talks too much. I think that was serious later on. Yeah. Right? No. No, who was So it? he actually, in this chapter, he says, I went to school with her. Yep. She was a few years above us. She's she's not the brightest. Mm-hmm. And she works for a government agency. She had to have known, because of the department she was in, she had to have known what, um, I think you're thinking mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, you had to have, she had to have known that the Triwizard Tournament was happening and because she's not the brightest, she would be a great target for Death Eaters who are out and about showing themselves off now. Um, she'd be a perfect target for Death Eaters to get at, to get information. Especially about the Triwizard Tournament. Especially about the Triwizard Tournament and about a potential new... Old coming back colleague mm-hmm. who is going to be near where Harry Potter, the boy who lived, is. Yep. Sirius uh, tells Harry that stunning spells are ineffective against dragons, but before he, he can suggest what to use in their place, Harry hears someone coming and Sirius vanishes. Ron he actually appears. tells Sirius to leave. Yeah. And then he stands in front of the fireplace like, I need to hide this. I can't be the reason why Sirius gets found out because whoever it is, if they see him in the fireplace, the Ministry of Magic is going to go after him and I'm going to get questioned and it's going to be all kinds of bad. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of pressure to put on a 14-year-old. Yeah. And then Ron appears. He's the one who's coming down. And a quarrel erupts between them, causing Harry to storm off to bed. And their fight isn't the worst. No, it's it's bad. It's pretty bad. It's bad. Um, so I'm trying to find where it starts. It was wrong. Mm-hmm. Who are you talking to? He said. What's that got to do with you? Harry snarled. What are you doing down here at this time of night? I just wondered where you... Ron broke off, shrugging. Nothing. I'm going back to bed. Just thought you'd come nosing around, did you? Harry shouted. Oh, that's not nice. He knew that Ron had no idea what he'd walked in on, knew he hadn't done it on purpose, but he didn't care. At this moment, he hated everything about Ron, right down to the several inches of bare ankle showing beneath his pajama trousers. Yikes. So it's like, damn, you're just going to throw everything at him, aren't you, Harry? (laughs) Sorry about that, said Ron, his face reddening with anger. Should have realized you didn't want to be disturbed. I'll let you get on with practicing for your next interview in peace. Mm -hmm. That's messed up because Ron knows that Harry doesn't like any of the attention. Mm -hmm. But whatever. Harry sees... Well, he knows on a deep level. Mm -hmm. He just is mad right now. Harry sees one of the Potter really stinks badges that was out on the table. So you know how the badges said Cedric Cedric for champion, Harry stinks? Mm -hmm. So the Creevy brothers, who are a year and two years under Harry, were trying to to enchant them to say, say Potter is like the champion, Potter or... for champion, or Potter's our champion, or whatever, and they got it to stop saying Cedric for champion, but it still said Potter stinks. And they kept working on it all day. Like, that was earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. And they kept working on it all day, and now it just says Potter really stinks. Yep. So Harry sees one of those 
um, and chucked it as hard as he could across the room. It hit Ron on the forehead and bounced off. There you go, Harry said. Something for you to wear on Tuesday. You might even have a scar now, if you're lucky. That's what you want, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Harry. Like, okay, it's one thing to know that someone is jealous of you for all of the attention you get. It's another thing to basically, in their face, say, I know this is what you're jealous of. Here. Yep. Um, he strode across the room toward the stairs. He half expected Ron to stop him. He would even have liked Ron to throw a punch at him. But Ron just stood there in his two small pajamas, and Harry, having stormed upstairs, lay awake in the bed fuming for a long time afterward and didn't hear him come up to bed. Poor Harry. He I mean, has poor Ron, too. Poor, well... So, yes. That whole insecurity thing that Ron is feeling right now just needs got, to go away. Yeah, but it just got turned up to fifty thousand because of what Harry said. Well, yes, but it's like, but it's like Harry has to. Harry literally just told only one single person what he's feeling and what he's been feeling this entire time mm-hmm. for two weeks. Uh, the person who's supposed to listen to him, the the person who's supposed to believe him the most, his best friend, not only dislikes him, but is envious of the situation he's in, but he doesn't realize what situation he's in because Harry just found out he has to face dragons. Yes. And kind of dragons kind of trumps everything. Dragons. Dragons trump everything. That should be our the title of this. Dragons trump everything. Um, and poor Ron, uh, uh, like he just got personally attacked. Yeah, figuratively like and literally. Mm-hmm. And he, there's nothing for him to say about it because Harry's actually right, and Ron knows that Harry's right, but he can't say anything because if he says something, then he has to admit that he's wrong. Yep. Fourteen-year-old boys are confusing. I was confused by myself back then. Yeah. Life is hard. Life is hard. And dragons trump everything. Yeah. And on that note... And life is harder with dragons. <laughs> and life is harder with dragons. Oh. <sighs> that could be a two. Life is harder with dragons. <laughs> okay, guys. All right, guys. That's the end of the chapter. Oh, wait. Our next... Oh. That was just... High pitched for no reason. Listen, I do it. All right, bye. Oh, stop. Bye.